Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Nova podcast. My name is Ailish, Nova coach, and this week's guest is a very good friend of mine, Jasmine Navarro. She is from Bournemouth in England, and she is a family coach working with teens and parents. And we share a lot of uh, happy times together. So welcome, Jasmine. How are you? Hi, Ailish. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on your podcast. So happy to be here. Oh, thank you for agreeing to be on. You know, it was amazing when you agreed to come on because you've been on my uh, mind to have on for a while as well. So thank you so much. Wow. No, thank you. So would you like to tell our listeners how our paths have crossed, Jasmine? Yes. So we met, it was back in, it must have been May 19. May 2019. Yeah. Was it May 19 during um, co-active training? Yes. Yeah. Bye. Wow. Right. Yeah. So we both met on our first day in our uh, life coaching course in Dubai. And I actually remember the first time we met was like bef- the room, you know, where people like go in for like the tea and the coffee. And we got. Yeah, yeah I remember that. And then we sat beside each other and then we were quickly moved because remember they switched everyone around. <laughs> think so was I sat down first and then you came over no remember we we came into like the greeting room you know where like they come in and they have the tea and the coffee and the lunch break yeah yeah yeah. we were in there and me and you started chatting and then went together yeah wow that's crazy isn't it yeah that's like a lifetime ago by the way (laughs) so it's doesn't it honest god yeah yeah I know it's crazy So Jasmine, I have you on today because you have a fascinating story of traveling the world, teaching, coaching, and just also, you know, your experience and what you have been through in your life. So please, if you would take us through, I suppose, your first teaching job where you were in 2003. All right. Yeah. Okay. So this um, happened. Um. So yeah, basically, um, it was just like a spontaneous decision. I was on a teaching course and I met um, some Turkish, there was two Turkish girls, they became really good friends with me and an English guy. And yeah, we were just there, we finished our course and then the Turkish girls at the end said, do you want to come to Turkey? Come and stay with us, we can help you find a job. And um, I just said to the guy, if you go, I'll go. Um, and we just planned to go for like three months just to get some teaching experience, teaching adults English. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of teaching. And um, and yeah, we literally went a few days later, um, stayed with one of the girls and literally, actually, I think she met us at the airport, picked us up, took us to a school <laughs> when we got off the plane. We had an interview, got the job and that was that. So it was really quick and it just kind of all worked out and we only planned to stay yet for three months but we ended up staying a lot longer so you so you trained to do teaching English to adults and then yeah Yeah, so yeah and yeah it was just um it was great actually because the students were amazing you know they were so hospitable and you know they would take us around the city take us out so it was a really positive fun teaching experience for the first one okay yeah. so you socialize with the the students yes it's very different to 
you know, when I started teaching later. But yeah, they would, they, you know, they literally showed us around um, the city, took us bowling, you know, out for dinner. I mean, he had, my friend had his students and I had my students, but we'd all go out together. I mean, it was just the perfect way actually to experience Turkey as well. You know. you know what? It probably immersed them. While it's immersing you in the culture, you're probably immersing yeah. them in more English after school hours. So it was like a win-win. Like you know, I would help them with their English when we would go out, and then they would show me around and give cool. me. Yeah, so it was amazing. It was amazing. Obviously, it came with its challenges as well, <laughs> like everything. But um, oh, so yeah. after Turkey, you obviously you were there for how long? Eighteen months in the end. 18 months okay and then yeah. you went again to a new country yeah so then um because actually originally the reason I got into teaching to start with well probably a few reasons but the first I think one of them was I, I really wanted to live in Switzerland um I loved Switzerland I'd been on holiday like I don't know a few years before and I just had fallen in love with Switzerland I was just I loved every part of it you know and I remember I was speaking to a Swiss friend I said, how can I work here? And she's like, you've got to do what a Swiss person can't do. I mean, even though Swiss people could teach English probably, but you know, it was always kind of better to be native back then. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to teach English and then I'm going to go to Switzerland. But anyway, then I ended up going to Turkey. I got sidetracked going to Turkey and I thought, well, that would be good. Oh, yeah, okay. to make yeah. And I think I was always applying for jobs in Switzerland because that's what I really wanted to do. And then I think when I was in Turkey, a school actually got back to me. It was like a boarding school in Switzerland. Um, and they said, would you like to be, yeah, you know, I had the interview or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, I've got to go to Switzerland. I think maybe it was coming towards the end of Turkey anyway at that time. So yeah, so off I went to Switzerland, um, you know, and I lived in this boarding school and I taught there. And um, yeah, I'm not sure what to say about that. That was amazing as well. Um, but it was there that I realized, you know, everybody there was speaking three or four languages, you know, and there's me just speaking English. And I just thought, I need to learn another language. That was kind of the learning from there. Obviously, I was living with, I was living with the students, actually, <laughs> you know, well, not in, I mean, the same building. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm not sure what to say about that. But yeah, so that actually led me to wanting to learn Spanish, because obviously my dad was from Venezuela. So I thought, what language can I learn? Let's learn Spanish. So then I applied for a, a, a teaching job in Costa Rica. And that's how I ended up going to Costa Rica because I wanted to learn Spanish and, and carry on teaching. So then I went to Costa Rica and I really was a good student, I have to say, because I studied every day, every day. You know, I would do like two hours studying a day, had private lessons and practiced, but it was hard to practice because I was teaching English and everybody wanted to practice they're English, of ah, course. Ah, okay. So do you mind me backtracking? So you're... No, of course. Sorry, yeah. Not at all. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you, you lived in the boarding school in Switzerland and you heard then people were like bilingual. They were speaking so many different languages that you wanted to be able to speak more than English. Okay. Yes. And can I just ask you, what was the experience like where you were teaching and living in the same building as the students you were teaching? Yeah, well, I wasn't always... I don't think actually I ended I was teaching any of the girls I was living with. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't actually teaching any of them. I don't think. No. I would go out and I would teach other students, maybe younger students, maybe older students. But 
in my building where I was living, there was about 15 um, girls, teenagers. I wasn't teaching any of them, but I would offer them support, you know, yeah. a, I would listen to them a lot. And, you know, I did build a good relationship with them as well, but I wasn't actually teaching them directly, right. which might have been too much, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been good to have the separation. Yeah. 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 And was it strict then, let's say, for you to have a social life where you were living in the school? Um, was it strict? Not really, to be honest. I mean, I mean, of course, I, I didn't socialise with my students. No, they were too no, young. No, no. Oh, <laughs> sorry. yeah. I'm sorry. Did you mean that? No. <laughs> no, no. I meant your own personal time, let's say, at the weekends. Like, was it like, did they have like, um, just were they, would they allow you to go out and stuff like that, you know? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, totally free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problems at all. No problems at all. Yeah, yeah. I'd just go out and that was that. You know, I wouldn't bring any, I wouldn't have any parties or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could do what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. That's interesting. I never knew that you were actually like living in a boarding school. That's really cool. So then yeah. you're, I never, um, picked up on that your dad is from Venezuela yes yes okay. yeah and he was he passed away 10 years ago but yeah <clears throat> I know I'm so sorry about that again That's okay. so and then is your mom English yes she's English from Bournemouth okay right so to bring us up to speed so you you have your dad is originating from Venezuela and you have that connection that natural connection to South America so you yes to Costa Rica to learn Spanish Wow. Yes, because Venezuela was too uh, not safe enough. That's why I didn't want to go there. Yeah. But yes, I went to Costa Rica because I wanted to learn about the Latin culture as well and learn Spanish and teach. So, yeah, so I, off I went there. And then that's where I started um, teaching. So I was teaching adults, but then I started teaching primary and secondary as well in the school. So I think that got me liking that as well. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that broadened my teaching experience yeah so how long did it take you to become fluent in Spanish <laughs> Fluent. <laughs> that's a good question I mean I wouldn't say I ever got fluent I got to advanced level I was advanced B2 level so it was a good level I think it probably took me the three years I was living there for three years so probably three years yeah that's impressive I worked really hard it was like right this is my mission <laughs> you know every day I was I used to write quite well as well wow. um yeah and it, yeah it's amazing isn't it? when you focus on something yeah. I think that's how I am as well once I focus on something that's it I kind of get a little bit obsessed with it <laughs> no and that, that's a great way to be though because it means you're 100% focused on your goal yeah I guess yeah yeah so how then, do you mind me asking, how did Europe um, compare then to Costa Rica? So you had been to Turkey, Switzerland up to this mm -hmm. point, and then you went to Costa Rica. So what was the difference between the two, let's say, how you were living there? Um, obviously, Costa Rica is a beautiful country. Um, but, you know, you had to be really careful. You had to be really careful there. Um, you know, always looking behind me and things like that. Um, and you would hear quite a lot of stories, you know, like, you know, students would come into class. Sorry, I'm late. I just got mugged at gunpoint, you know, and this was like a normal, like a normal thing to happen. Um, 
And I don't want to say that because I don't want to say anything bad about Costa Rica because I had an amazing time and the people were absolutely amazing. You know, it's a beautiful country, so much to see and do naturally, you know. But yeah, that was quite a common thing that would happen. And, um, and you know, I just didn't want that to be my normality, actually. So yes, that, that was the biggest difference, I would say, the crime rates. Right. Yeah. It was huge. And, you know, luckily, because I was so scared, um, I, it never happened to me. But 95% of the teachers, you know, had that experience. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was high. It was very high. It was a normal. Like I said, it was normal. Like if you said, oh, I just got mugged. It's like, oh, OK, um, you know, change subject. This is, you know, so it was. Um, yeah. And it made me very paranoid, actually. I got really paranoid living there. I can imagine, though, if you're having to really like be on edge and be alert all the time, you know, and we, we are like, you know what? It's even spoken about recently in um news in England and Ireland as to like when when it's dark when it's nighttime for English women and Irish women yeah it's totally different you know they can't go outside and pop the shop or not that they can't but they feel unsafe to do so a lot of women yeah Yeah. oh yeah I mean here yeah I wouldn't walk anywhere at night in England either but there in the day I, I didn't feel comfortable okay daytime oh my goodness wow yeah yeah but then it's like I, I guess it depends who you talk to because if you had spoken to somebody else they might not have felt so scared like I was I mean when I arrived there you know we stayed with a Costa Rican family they put us up in the cost of the school you know put us up in a Costa Rican family and I don't know the family they like they really wanted to make sure we were safe mm-hmm. so you know the first couple of weeks when we were living there you know the guy the father would hide behind bushes and jump out at me which <laughs> just scared me to death but he was like right there you go you've got to be alert you've got to be alert so he oh, made me so alert <laughs> I can't believe you did that you <laughs> would tell me all these stories I know and then yeah that was an experience actually I mean it was an experience and then he he would make us sing at dinner and stuff <laughs> carol sing, not carol singing I mean Spanish songs and yeah. I was like I can't sing but you could he was a kind of guy that you couldn't say no to you know you had to do oh my it God. he sounds like a legend <laughs> I know. so I guess yeah so that was the experience so real family I'm, orientated oh totally totally and because I'd obviously been to Venezuela before um and I knew that that was you know you had to be careful there so I took everything on board but then it was happening as well, you know, because the students, the teachers, my friends, it was all happening to them as well. So wow. there were, was truth in that. And he actually helped me because, yeah, well, it depends how you look at it. I was always worried, but I was okay. Well, I like the way you look at it. He did help you, I think, definitely, because he probably, he taught you how to be alert and how to kind of be <laughs> on your toes. Definitely. Wow. Definitely, definitely. Where you for lasting three years in that kind of an environment where I'm sure your nervous system was in overdrive, you know, where it was like high alert all the time. I can't imagine. Yeah, because yeah, people, when I lived on my own and, you know, people would like knock on the door and I would just, I got to the point where I thought somebody was going to knock on the door and have a gun. So I don't know if, if my 
if I was just overreacting or what, but I got towards the end, I was so scared because it seemed to just get worse and worse. Like the stories just got worse and worse. And, you know, yeah. And in the end, I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I just can't live here anymore. You know, it really got to me. And even when I came back to England, because in Costa Rica, normally if there was a moped beside you, chances are they would probably try, you'd probably get mugged with somebody on a moped. Um, so every time there was a moped, you know, I'd freak out. And, you know, sometimes they would just stop you and they would just do that, you know, with, without a gun. But just seeing that, it's like they knew they were going to scare you or something. And even coming back home, I remember motorbikes and mopeds, I was I would freak out. And I thought it was just me. And then I remember speaking to other teachers and they said, yeah, when I see a moped, I get scared as well. And I was like, OK, it's not just me then. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, and that lasted for a few years, that feeling. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you know what? Thank God you, you're you, you were safe as in. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm so lucky. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for that. So yeah. of course, we'll, we'll move on then. So you left Costa Rica in 2010 and you headed for yeah. Morocco. Yes, then I went to Morocco. I know. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about Morocco. Actually, that was a really hard time because that's when I, that year I found out um, in the summer, my, my dad died. Because that was 10 years ago, wasn't it? Or 11, actually. Uh, he died. Um, and I just found out suddenly, and then I had this job to go to Morocco. And I was like, what do I do? You know, and I was grieving. And it was literally days, days later. And I was like, okay, I might as well just go. And I was in Costa Rica at the time, visiting my boyfriend. So I think I'd already left Costa Rica and gone back to visit him. And then, um, and then came to England and then just had to go to Morocco. And I just had to just do it. It was like, okay, I've got nothing to lose. Let's just see how it goes. But, you know, looking back, I was grieving and it probably, and then going to Morocco, which was a completely different culture, um, you know, that was really hard, actually. But then I didn't want to just stop because sometimes when you stop, it's even harder, isn't it? So it's like, you've got to just carry on. You've got to carry on. So I just carried on. It but was it was very challenging. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So, um, but Morocco was amazing as well. So how long have yeah, you been mean, for? A year okay so not not that long <laughs> not that long actually yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was it like teaching there yeah i mean obviously compared to costa rica you know can you get any more different really different cultures um what was it like teaching there it was just you know i had to be more careful about what we you know topics we discussed and things like that you know it was more sort of strict and I had to be very culturally aware there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to Costa Rica because Costa Rica was just like you can talk about anything and you know the things that they would talk about I would be shocked but it was like okay no this is anything goes here I was like oh okay but obviously Morocco was different mm -hmm. um so yeah and you know I dress more conservatively there you know um so quite a, quite a stark contrast then to come from uh, Costa Rica. So, yes, completely, completely, completely. And, like looking back then, let's say, did you get time then to return back to England after your year in Morocco to help with that grieving process? Or did you continue then to... I to continued. Right. Just, 
continued. The first three months in Morocco was absolutely horrendous. I don't even know how I got through it because I, I just remember lying in bed every day thinking, I just couldn't even, it was just so hard to just be. I just remember thinking just to be was just a massive challenge let alone, you know, starting the new job and everything in the culture. I couldn't even be. I remember it took three months. And then after three months, then I started being able to settle in a bit more. But And that was just by literally taking every hour at a time. And of course, I had to tell people when I arrived, because I did end up crying in front of people, you know, and it was just like, oh, no. And people don't like talking about death, do they? So I would mention it and then it would just be quiet because people didn't really know how to react. And I thought, well, I have to say something because I'm not normally this sensitive and, you know, because it was literally a few days later that I ended up in Morocco. But yeah, so that probably didn't give it the best start. <laughs> you know, you, know? What? you were doing the best you could with what you knew at the time, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And luckily I, I ended up moving in with um, a lovely girl who became like a really good friend of mine. So I had a, an amazing flatmate. Mm -hmm. I think that was the best part of my Moroccan experience. Um, meeting her. Yeah. And we're still really good friends now, actually. So that's good. Oh, that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you went from Morocco to. <laughs> Where did I go? Spain. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I went to Spain um, and that was to actually do a, a teaching course, like the next level up is like a, a Delta course. And I needed somewhere where I could teach as well because I didn't want to just um, study and not because I had to work. Um, so, yeah, and Madrid seemed to be the place to do it. So I ended up going to Madrid. It was quite funny, really, because it's like Madrid is such a cool place to go out in. But I couldn't really go out because I was studying so much yeah. like again it's this obsessive thing that I have so I went there and I was just focused on that and obviously I, I was um still learning my Spanish as well um because then at that point I had started my degree actually in Morocco so I was doing my modern language degree so in Spanish and English so yeah I was really busy in Madrid no time to go out <laughs> the Delta course and a degree in modern languages at the same time yeah, don't ask me how I, I I did that. I mean, I did that, well, not having a life, basically. I just focused on And for on working that. as well to fund. Yeah, full time. And I was going all around the city because it, I was teaching primary. I was teaching all ages, going into schools. Um, I mean, I was everywhere. But it was funny because it made me realise, wow, how much can you do when you really want to do it and you don't have time and you've got deadlines? So that kind of taught me that. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And I have my long distance relationship as well happening. <laughs> Jasmine. Yeah. Oh my God. So you're, you're in Spain, you're finished up Spain, you have your Delta, you're in the middle of your degree with modern languages. What did you choose? Spanish and English as your modern languages, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, and then I was like, okay. And I went back, to, I went to, my friend recommended, um, me to go he was working in Tunisia and he said you know this, this is a really good center um you know come <laughs> so I was like okay um so off I went to Tunisia and actually he was right it was a great center really professional and I thought okay this is really good because I can really concentrate carry on with my degree and you know 
um, learn, um, what's the word? I can't even think of the word. Um, develop myself professionally, yeah, within my teaching. And I really wanted to focus on teaching young learners. Um, so that's what I did. And, you know, I assisted on training courses. Um, and that was really good as well. But, but I did find it hard living there. <laughs> In Tunisia, really? Yeah, I think um, probably because I was busy as well. I was doing so much, you know, academically. And um, why was it hard? Uh, well, you know, it's just, it's different, isn't it, from Europe? Um, Is that a Muslim country, Tunisia? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I had a great time. It was amazing. But I guess I didn't put so much effort into going out and socialising. I mean, I did have amazing friends there, but because it was all about my focusing on my um, studies, yeah. and professional life, that probably if I'd have spent more time going out and things, I probably would have enjoyed myself more. And I only know that now by looking back. At the time, I didn't think it was that. But, but in a way, that's why I went to Tunisia as well, because I thought, this is a place where I can really focus on my studies. Yeah, well, I suppose each job had a, had a means to an end, didn't it? Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. There was always a reason to go to these places, yeah. Yeah, no, I love how you're, you're so resourceful. Do you think? Oh, yeah, <laughs> because just how, okay, just by looking at like where you've been and how you immerse yourself in each culture, but you're, you're taking a learning from each one and you're bringing it forward into your next plan, your next goal, you know, like, I think it's very impressive. Yeah, I think it's cool. Thanks, Ailish. <laughs> Thank you. So I don't know if I would do the same. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, look, I don't know if I would do it all the same <laughs> again. Well, look, it's all life experience, you know. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So then, um, obviously, after Tunisia, you then jetted again. Yeah, so I met some amazing, I keep saying amazing, but I met some, you know, really good friends there. And, um, and I'd always wanted to go to Saudi, to experience Saudi, because I'd read lots of books, you know, and I just wanted to go to Saudi. And um, a job came up when I was there to go to Saudi. Um, so, yeah, so, so then I went to Saudi. Um, came home, I don't know, a few weeks and then off to Saudi. <laughs> and I was really excited about that. And, 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 I, and I loved being there because I knew, you know, I researched it. I knew what to expect. And um, for me, it was just the most fascinating place I'd ever been to. Yeah. Which part of Saudi did you go to? Jeddah. Oh, my God. I was there literally like two, three weeks ago. I know. I saw it on your thing. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. this was a few years ago so it was different then when I went that's what um, I, like, that was my next question I was just going to ask you like how different was it because it's only been opened up in the last like two years yeah 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 so mine was a few years ago so before I went to UAE so um what year was it you were in Saudi 2015 okay. 14, 2014 okay so tell us what it was like there yeah it was um you know when I first you know, going there on your own, you know, it was a bit sort of, I did feel vulnerable and things like that. But um, yeah, I just, I was always surprised about something. And I, and I think I enjoyed that because, you know, everywhere 
I went or whatever I experienced, I was just always surprised because it was just always so different to what I was used to and, and what I had experienced before. So I found that really, really interesting. Wow. You know, um, it was quite intense at times. You know, and I was just teaching women and girls there. Um, so that was a whole other experience, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, and I've just built really close relationships with the women there because I think we all kind of helped each other and stuck together. And actually, out of all the countries I'd been to before, Saudi was like the most, I just had so much fun there. And I had, like within weeks, there was a community and I was, I didn't feel alone at all. Whereas the other countries I'd felt maybe alone, there I didn't. And I, and I, I just think everyone stuck together and helped each other. So I loved that, yeah. Were there other teachers from other nationalities that you were, yes okay definitely definitely but you know you know my students invited me out and you know went to a Saudi wedding and you know just amazing experiences that you just like wow just felt so lucky that's yeah Mm. that is cool no I have to say obviously now the the Jeddah I saw a few weeks ago I'm sure is like worlds apart from where what it was like when you were there but I did feel um very safe there and I really enjoyed it yes 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 I did and like I felt kind of guilty like because obviously the the portrayal of Saudi on the media is so different to what it was actually like there the vibe was so vibrant and oh wow there was loads of families out and like the Corniche was buzzing and um I was I was really happy to see that though. I was happy that we had such a great positive experience that we weren't um leaving disappointed, you know. I was I was happy for having and grateful for having that experience, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I would love to go back as well. Yeah, I, I'm sure it would be amazing for you to go back to Jeddah. Yes, because I know people there as well, like my old students. I'd love to see them again. Oh wow. Yeah. And do you keep in touch with them? Occasionally, I sent them messages yesterday for Ramadan. Um, yeah, I don't know many people there because a lot of the teachers are not there now. But, um, but yeah, just to see them again and see how everything's, you know, how they are now as well. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd be on the lookout to see your Insta stuff. Insta <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so you've just finished in Saudi and then finally... Finally, um, and this and this is really funny because back in um, when I was in Costa Rica, two thousand and seven, um, me and my friend we did like a, a goal setting um, workshop. Anthony Robbins one. She's the one who introduced me to Anthony Robbins, and um, we did this thirty day program together. And we had to, you know, set our goals. That was one of the things. And I just wrote in there, um, live in Dubai and have my own apartment in Dubai. And I'd never been to Dubai, by the way. Never been to Dubai. And um, yeah, and I don't know why I wrote that, but then it was funny. Um, and then, yeah, after Saudi, Dubai was always at the back of my mind somewhere. I don't know why. I just knew I was going to go there. Um, yeah, so an opportunity came up to go to Dubai, but uh, my boss said, look, if you work in Sharjah for a year and then we can transfer you to Dubai. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I went to Sharjah first, um, which was great coming from Saudi. So it might have been harder the other way around yes. going to Dubai. Then. So I went to Sharjah um, 
first and then and then I went to Dubai yeah wow and your eyes must have been popping out of your head <laughs> yeah exactly it's like but it's funny because going to Sharjah I was like can I wear my abaya like I was so attached to my abaya and she was like no you can't wear your abaya because you don't need to and, mm. I, and I thought oh I really thought you know you get I got so attached to my abaya in Saudi um I absolutely loved it in the end you know um yeah so sorry what did you say no I was just saying how obviously when you arrived then in Dubai oh you know, oh all the glitz and the glam you know it was another world to Saudi yeah oh yeah oh yeah but I was in charge of the, for the year first I would visit Dubai but it was it was never easy coming back with the traffic and stuff oh, no. but um but to be honest I was I was working quite I was still working quite hard then when I was in Dubai teaching so I didn't see as much as I could so that was weird as well because I was so busy teaching and I and I knew I was in another place but I couldn't really make the most of it because I was working so much. And that's when I decided after a year in Dubai, I was like, I have to, something has to change here. And that's when finally I took a break. Wow. And I just had loads of fun in Dubai <laughs> for a few months. It turned into about six or seven months. So you lived yeah. in Dubai not working? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'd never taken a break before. I'd never taken a break before. And, um, and you know, and so I just thought, you, how, what were the logistics behind that? Like, what was the visa situation? If you weren't working, how did I, you? I went, yeah, I would go to a man every, um, was it every month? Oh every 40 God. days, I'd go to a man. Yeah. I mean, I didn't plan to take that much, that time off. I, I think I said to myself, I'm just going to take a few, a couple of months mm. because I really don't know what I want to do now, you know? And, and because before I'd just gone from one job to the next, one country to the next, you know, I hadn't had time to think about anything, you know, even when my dad was, I was grieving about my dad, I, there was no time to think about anything. And it was just like studying, doing this, doing that. And this time it was like the first time in my life where it's like, I don't have to go to the next place quickly. I don't need to make that quick decision now because I've, I, you know, had my degree, I'd saved up some money. I, you know, I was in a completely different position and I was nearly ready to do that, but it was like, just stop. My, my mum was saying, Jasmine, you don't need to do this. You haven't had a break. You're in a different position now. Take that break, mm -hmm. you know? And it took some convincing because I was ready to just do something else. But I was like, no. And, and I had such a good time that it just went on a bit too long. Um, well, not too long. That's one thing I will never regret. I had a great time. I had, you know, I got my social life. I met people. I just, you know, just experienced Dubai not working. It was amazing. Wow. Um, but of course, after so much time, it's like, you know, I'm spending a lot of money here. I do need a visa to... to stay properly I can't keep going to a man all the time so then um then I out of the blue a job that probably I'd applied for before just got in touch with me and said you know we saw your CV a year ago or something we're interested in you know interviewing you so yeah I just I took the job basically I had a really good feeling about it it was completely different to the jobs I'd teaching jobs I've had before it was much more sort of relaxed and open and fun and 
And I was like, let's just do this and see what happens. Wow. You know? Yeah. So that's what I did. <laughs> and did you stay with that teaching job then for the remainder of your time in Dubai? Yes, exactly. 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 And um, almost like you needed that kind of a blowout because you had been, I suppose, you were, you were going like at 90 miles an hour from country to country. And obviously in the middle of that, you had the passing of your dad and yeah. you were probably dealing with so much grief that you weren't allowing to come to the surface that maybe th those six months in Dubai, obviously you had yeah. to, there were probably times where you rested as well, you know? Definitely within those six months. Oh yeah, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> yeah you're right you're right yeah yeah and um and, and that's what I think the power of just having a break mm -hmm. you know sometimes we think we can't have a break but you know I didn't spend that much money in that time I wasn't crazy you know because I think when you have more time you have more time to think about uh, cheaper options as well don't you yeah to be, to be more creative yeah. yeah you've got more time to be creative and everything so I wasn't spending a lot obviously I can keep doing that and not earning but um but I, I looking back now when my life was so busy yeah there was just no time to even think and make decisions and you just spend quick just do that spend that do that da, 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 da. you know it was like that all of the time and you know it's so um beneficial just to stop isn't it yeah wow so beneficial. yeah 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 that that changed everything so then tell us about how you came into the room then in CTI. What led you to the coach training? So you're obviously teaching in Dubai at this time. Yeah, and I was much more relaxed, much happier, um, much more myself, you know. And um, yeah, so then I started thinking, because I knew it wasn't going to be like a permanent thing, me working there. I thought a year or two, you know, <laughs> but I, while I find out what I need to do. And then I think I had more time to go out and have fun. So, and I think I just put it out there, you know, what should I do with my life? What can I do? You know, asking the universe. And then that's when I, I just kept meeting co-active coaches. It was so weird. I think in a month I met like five or something. And I was just like, what, another co-active coach? You know, I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, I need to explore this. And then I went on a hike. And then I met another co-active coach. And, um, and then he started telling me, you know, his journey and everything. And I was like, okay, this is it now. This is definitely a sign. Mm -hmm. um, and I was going to England, um, like in a month's time or something for a holiday. And I thought, I'm going to do the first course there. Because I thought, you know, it's three days, wasn't it? So I thought, right, I'll do the first course there and see how it is, got nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I just, I did it. And I was really scared actually. <laughs> Um, I think because it was it was expensive as well, isn't it? I mean, it wasn't cheap just for, you know, so. Um, so, yeah, I just I booked onto it and I did it. And it was the scariest thing I'd ever done, actually, you know, being in the room. And I was so anxious. And um, I mean, you saw me in May. If you had to see me in the April. <laughs> oh, dear. I, yeah, can, I, I, can I just interject? And I hate to interject, but I just want to say on that note. <laughs> You are a totally different person to the girl I met in May 2019. Like, oh my God, yeah. And I mean in that, in like a positive sense, like you're so confident, you're so, um, you're, you, like even 
the way you you speak with so much more conviction and wow yeah and like I feel like okay. you're accepting of yourself now and you're um you're loving to yourself which is so so amazing wow. to see. yeah oh thank you so much Ailish oh wow that's crazy isn't it that's crazy it and like you're not even in front of me in person like we're on zoom but like I can see it you know yeah. wow wow that's and um yeah, so, and I just knew I had to do it. It was just one of an instinct, you know, because it's like, oh my God, this is awful and hard and I, I can't be here at all. But my intuition's like, if you want to find out what you need to do, you have to go through this, you know? So it's like, okay, yeah. So it's that. So then I came back to Dubai and then carried on. Um, and yeah, and I didn't do it to become a coach, actually. I don't think I did. I did it because I wanted to be coached, yeah. And then at the end, you know, you're just like, wow, I want more of this. I need more of this. And then that's when I realized I actually want to be a coach and help other people have the same realizations because you don't have to go to all of these countries, do you? It's, it's, I know it sounds so cliche, but everything's inside of you. You know, it's all inside. And that's what was so powerful. You know, I'd been to all these countries and that did, I did learn a lot from those countries as well. But doing the coaching helped me realize what I had learned from those countries as well you know mm. so yeah so then I got certified I think we got we did it at the same time didn't we certification did I started my so I did we started the course together in May 2019 and then it was January 2020 I started certification oh, okay for me February no I started February after me okay so we qualified around the same time then Yes, 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 yes. And I think that was a great time to do it during COVID as well, because I felt oh. so much support. <laughs> I needed that support then. <laughs> I remember like when it, the whole world was going into lockdown and it was like March. And I remember I said, to, I remember I said on like the, the coaching call that we had every week, I said to the group that I had, I just said, so like, <laughs> how, how are we going to coach clients? Like the world is shutting down. What are we going to coach them on? <laughs> And then the the coach, like who was leading the group, she was like, Ailish, there's going to be lots to coach on. I was like, okay. And I remember thinking, I was like, I remember being honest, like I thought I'm never going to get my hundred hours. Like there's going to be nothing to do. Like people aren't going to want to coach. And then it was like out of nowhere, the coaching <laughs> hours just went skyrocket. People actually wanted coaching. And I found it so bizarre. I, like I didn't preempt it at all. I didn't see it coming. But I was proven wrong. Yeah. yeah, it was a mad time. Crazy times, crazy times. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, oh wow, I just feel like I've told you nearly well half my life story. Oh, this is what we're here for. No, I love it. I love it. So tell us then. Um, you qualified with the certification in twenty twenty. Yes. And then yeah, yeah, that brought about more change for you. Yeah, so then, um, and then, well, during the certification, you know, I, I was um, I, I was doing too much again, <laughs> shock horror, because I was doing my certification, I was working, and I was tutoring and coaching, and it was too much. So um, I, you know, spoke to my boss, and then I said, you know, can I go on unpaid leave for a bit? Because I thought, you know, we're paying for this certification, you, you really need to be able to 
spend your time doing it and really getting the most out of it yeah because I just felt like I wasn't so she was lovely and she said yes so I took some time off and just focused on that and coaching and um and then and then that was it really and then I I would teach sometimes but I actually didn't go back I never went back actually after that I never went back yeah never went back and then I started with the business side of things because I didn't know anything about business and I still feel like I don't know anything it's a minefield isn't it (laughs) I know so I started like training spending money on courses business coach you know all of these things and again probably I was doing too much again um but I was just like right I've got to do this and I literally spent the whole year just working on my coaching business um you know the podcast the blogs the website did two websites I mean just so much networking I was meeting I don't know how many meetings I was having a week like 30 40 meeting new people like I just went for it so I was like you know if I'm not going to be earning money for this year I mean I I did coaching but not uh, much so I was spending you know I was spending a lot because I was paying for all these coaches as well obviously living in Dubai and everything um my outgoings were definitely more if I'm going to be spending this money I need to make the most of it and that's the thing. And I did not wait. I can honestly look back now and say I did not waste one minute. Every minute was accounted for. <laughs> and, and yeah, when I look back, I think I can't believe I did all that. I even like recorded like 200 videos for my course. I made a program and I recorded 200. Well, it was 100 videos, but it was about 200 because I didn't use you know, I had to retake, oh, yeah. retake. Them, you know, so really it was 200 videos. Um, I was laser focused, I swear, um, which was great when I think about all the things that I did. But then at the end of the year, it was it was a bit too much. <laughs> so, you know, and, I, and actually telling talking to you now, I think there's a pattern. There. <laughs> there's a pattern. I get something in my head and it's just like, I don't stop, but I'm learning the limits now, my limits and boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what though? I think a lot of people can relate to it though, because and I can relate, I can relate to it because when you have your when you have your focus on a goal and on an outcome, yeah. Um, yeah. And you can envision it for yourself by hook or by crook, like by hell or high water, you are going to get there, you know? Yeah. And I can totally relate to that. And I'm sure there's people listening right now that can relate to it. Like it's okay fair enough yes there is a pattern in your life but at the same time you are where you are in your life because of that laser focus yeah yeah you're right you're right yeah like self-employed coach you've got your own business you're a full-time coach now you're not teaching like that takes dedication and commitment and sacrifice and you've you did it oh thank you Ailish well I'm doing I mean I'm in the process I still feel like I'm at the beginning. I don't know about you, but I always feel like I'm at the beginning because I think all the steps that you take, you just realize the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. 
Well, yeah. Okay. No, I get that. Yeah. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. I know that one for sure. <laughs> you're like, oh God, I've got more to learn. I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you've got to look back, haven't you? You have to look back and that's, yeah. And I think coming back to England and reflecting on everything. Yeah. I'm seeing things differently. So bring us back to that, I suppose. So you, you left teaching, but you continued coaching in Dubai. So how long were you coaching in Dubai full time before you left and went to England? Oh, well, I guess it was never really, I mean, full time, really, because I was, most of my time was being spent, you know, behind the scenes, mm. uh, creating content. Yeah. I mean, I was coaching a lot, but I was creating a lot of content and, and networking, and that was taking a lot of my time. So I would say... I was coaching, say, half the week, half and half, 50-50. Mm. Um, and that, and yeah, I guess in the second year I was coaching more than the first year. Mm. But but it was never full-time, I would say, because I just had so much other things, so many other things to do, you know. But, um, but, but yeah. It was, yeah. It, it was probably full-time because you were, you were focusing on your business, so that would be full-time. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, if you look at it like that, yeah. But actually sessions, one-to-one sessions, it wasn't just, you know, eight hours a day coaching, no. Yeah, well, listen, is there any coach out there who does? No. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... So tell us then, what was the point where you, you had made the decision to leave Dubai and go home after so many years? traveling the world well I mean I, I don't feel like I have left Dubai actually um so basically in September you know everything was coming to you know we were on the red list weren't we Dubai was on the red list for so long and I didn't want to well, for England travel. Yeah. yeah yeah um oh yes for England yeah sorry um and so that they went on Siama list in August um you know, my visa and everything was all coming to an end. The apartment was coming to an end in September. So I was thinking, I hadn't been home for two and a half years. Um, and I was thinking, I really want to go home. My intuition was telling me, you have to go home. And I didn't know why, because I was like, I have not finished with Dubai. Mm. But my intuition was saying, go home. And it was so strong, Ailish. It was so strong. Um and, you know, with coaching, we just learn, you've got to listen to your intuition. And it was screaming at me, basically. So I thought, I think this is a time to have a rest again. Because, you know, I'd had a really busy two and a half years. I hadn't had a break for those two and a half years, you know, since I was in England and doing the course. Um, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go. And without a sort of concrete plan, because a lot of the coaching I was doing was online anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, it doesn't really matter where I am at the moment. I'll go home and I'll just see what happens. But I've got to go home to get rid of this calling from my intuition. So I went home, was supposed to rest. But actually, I was in the middle of doing this business training course, actually. Um, and with that, I was uploading my course on different platforms. And I thought that would be quite quick. <laughs> but actually... That took me two more months of working, wow. I don't know, eight hours, 10 hour days on online. So coming home, I was like, I'll just finish that, then I'll have a rest. But I, but I didn't realize how much work that was going to 
yeah. involved, involved and it was a lot it was a lot because there was emails I had to do like 50 emails um the sales pay I mean it was so much and so and I was just like I've got to finish this before I have the rest because I thought if I stop, I'm going to forget everything. You know, I, I was in the, the zone. The, yeah, it's in the zone. And I was like, I, you know, because once you come out of it and go back in, it takes so long, doesn't it? I was like, I've got to finish this. Mm. Um, so yeah. And and I, you know, my body and my mind were saying, you need to have a break. <laughs> but so I didn't. Um, I carried on and yeah, it was too much. But I finished everything. And then finally I I took my break. <laughs> I've had it yeah I stayed right now so what what month was it you took your break January just three months ago yeah this yeah and you left when in the summer of 2021 September wow I know imagine so it took me yeah nearly five months to actually slow down was it five months yeah September. I keep thinking September is like yesterday or something but yeah <laughs> you're right you're right so tell and- me what happened when you slowed down so you had your course which to be fair like that's unbelievable that's an, an incredible achievement to create a course and the dedication you had to put to that no so- thanks Eilish I couldn't stop I was like I have to finish this um yeah so in January I thought no now it's break time so and um, what happened then? Well, I was just exhausted. You're in England. Yeah, absolutely exhausted, mentally exhausted. Um, and I was just like, I just need to stop. That's all I need to do. I need to stop and I need to change the way I'm going forward now. But I couldn't even decide how I was going to go forward because it was like, you just need to stop first. I need to get into, get myself into the right states. Mm-hmm. And then I can start making decisions about the business because I just needed a break. That was it. Um, and it was really weird because I was like, how, what am I going to do? And I was looking up all these retreats and everything. I was thinking a yoga retreat or and I could not find any, could not find any that were right. And then I was like, you know what? I don't need to go to a retreat. I can just sort this out myself. <laughs> I think that's better actually. Um, and the forest the forest was calling me and, I, and they say that the forest calls you don't they because then I read afterwards that the forest does actually call you and I was like oh my God. so I just thought I have to go to the forest like I love the beach normally yeah but the beach wasn't it like I didn't the beach wasn't I mean I was going to the beach obviously it's not the same the weather but it wasn't the beach it was like I need something else and then I spoke to somebody and she said and she got it out of me that I needed the forest. It was, I was like, oh my God, the forest, that's it. I just had a conversation and she made me realize. So I just went to the forest for like five days. And um, I got lost actually the first day and ended up walking like 25 kilometers. <laughs> but, but that was fine. Um, <laughs> forest on your own to camp. No, not to camp. No, no, no. I stayed in a B&B. I stayed in a B&B. No, no, no. No. No way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I couldn't have done that. But it was still, I mean, I got lost in this forest. Um, oh but it was, there was just something. But when I was in there, the first day I was like, I, what, what have I done? I don't like this because I was lost and scared. Um, but then the second day, that was it. I was like, it all clicked and I was like this is where I need to be right now and you know I was really being present 
I wasn't thinking about what I need to do because that just wasn't work helping. Oh, I've got to do this, this and this. That never helped, you know. And I was just, you know, feeling all my senses, being present, fresh air, walking, being with the trees. And I was just like, this is amazing. And I just started feeling myself again, yeah. you know, just by stopping. And then I did that for five days. And then by the end of it, I was just like, what has happened here? I cannot quite believe that I'm feeling okay, you know? Mm. Um, and then I came back and then I had this three-day training course online, which I probably shouldn't have done. And then after that, I started feeling like tired and worn out again. And I was like, I've got to go back to the forest. I'm going to go back to the forest. But this time when I come back, I'm going to do things differently. So I went back to the forest, felt amazing again, came back and then changed everything. It was like, I needed that lesson again to realize, no, you cannot be doing three long days online without a break. No, that is not going to work. So yeah, and I just changed everything. So what did so you now do? I have, like my routine, basically, my routine. So now every day, I was like, what do I need in my life to feel okay? Like what is going to get me to feel okay? Also, I had blood tests and actually I was anemic. <laughs> so that probably didn't help. Yeah. But that probably was the thing that made me feel so exhausted and weak, actually, when I think about it. Um, so, yeah, I had the blood tests um, and I just a checklist. So exercise, fresh air, journaling, um, you know, healthy food, socialize, all of these things that I tick off every day now, but probably it was the anemia. I mean, I was anemic. After all of that, you know, going to the forest, but the forest did help. But yeah, I was actually anemic. But it's amazing how, there's probably lots of things, yeah. Oh, I think, but, yeah, it, it sounds like many things may have contributed to that kind of, um, how do you say? the Exhaustion. Body, yeah, exhaustion, yeah. And the body feeling depleted of the iron, you know? Yeah, yeah. So touch wood, um, you know, I've got my iron tablets, <laughs> I've got my checklist and, um, you know, I feel fine. Yeah, but I think the iron played a big part actually. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, yeah, I think being anemic and then doing that as well, but probably it, it wouldn't be good for anyone to work that much you know but being anemic as well probably just was too much yeah oh my god yeah and you know it just shows you though like god only knows how long you were anemic for i know i yeah i know they they can't find that out can they i don't think but it must have been a i think a long time a long time because i would be in and out of this feeling terrible mm. And, you know, I don't eat meats, much meat. So maybe it's that. So tell us, what are your learnings then from, from that <laughs> amazing trip worldwide? Like, what, what's your biggest lesson? Well, it's funny because when you said that, I just automatically thought, if you don't give yourself time, like if I hadn't have stopped, I probably wouldn't have even thought to think about thoughts to have those blood tests to find out I was anemic. Yeah. You know, so if you don't give yourself time to just not do anything mm -hmm. time to just reflect and literally not do anything on the list to-do list 
I just think, yeah, giving yourself time to reflect. And I know that sounds really, really simple. But I think every time in my life when I've stopped, that's when, you know, that's when I even found coaching when I stopped and just had fun and just let go and relaxed. No plan, no, just trust the process, you know. Every time in my life when, when that's happened, it's been like the most powerful for me. But then, of course, the moving and the doing and taking action has helped as well. But I think stopping has been the most life-changing. Life-changing events have happened, yeah, when I've stopped. Could you please tell us about your course? What have you created, Jasmine? Oh, yeah, so I created a uh, 12-week course, really. It's called Creative Confidence. And, yeah, it's all about teaching um adolescents um you know simple key tools and techniques to help them become confident basically self-confident you know improves the relationships with themselves um but it's it's simple things you know it's simple simple things it's not there's not too many words on there you know because I don't know about you if you've ever done courses and then you just get overwhelmed so I didn't want that you know it's very simple try to make it fun as well um Yes, yeah, so it's a 12 week course and um, I will be launching that sometime this year. <laughs> um, I also give those workshops to schools and universities, you know, standalone ones, but the actual course are launched this year. Um, yeah, and I support, I will be supporting parents as well. Um, yeah. Sure when you launch it, cause I can, I can share it on the-, the oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, up, I'll update the notes in the time you have it launched oh thank you so much that would be amazing thank you i will yeah yeah um could you mind me asking what have you noticed um in teens that are coming out of the pandemic we hope let's we're all hoping now that we're coming out of the tail end of it what have you noticed that um well definitely anxiety definitely lots of anxiety and i guess that's from being isolated not socializing as much spending a lot of time on social media so lots of self-comparison um which i guess causes can cause the anxiety um loneliness you know not feeling good enough but it all starts with you know when you're spending too much time alone or on social media alone on social media and then all of these other things can develop can't they and i think that's what's been happening um so yeah, those sorts of things. Wow. Yeah, because obviously we're hearing a lot of things that the 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 ripple effect of um or the aftermath of the pandemic is really going to be felt for a while. On yeah. Emotional and mental health. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. And even I gave a workshop the other day, and. You know, there was like 30 students. Well, I, I have three classes, but anyway, one of the classes, there's 30 students. And I asked them to rate their self-image from a one to 10. And apart from one of them, they all put zero. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know if that's got anything to do with the pandemic or what's that, you know, there, I mean, there's too many things, too many, um, what's the word? I can't think of the word. But um, but yeah, I was just shocked. I was just absolutely shocked. 
I thought, is it because are they being very, is it because they've been so honest and maybe the others haven't been that honest? Or I don't know, there's too many variables, but yeah, but yeah zero, zero. Well, then from your perspective, how do you start working then with someone who has a zero out of 10 self-image? Like, what, what is it that you do then? Well, I guess, you know, I guess we would look at everything, you know, not, I mean, you know, their home life and, you know, the relationships with their family, with themselves. We would look at everything. And, and I think there's, there's definitely not one thing that I do the same you know it totally is catered for them and how they are mm -hmm. and how they react to what I'm asking them and you know it could be that they need therapy and and I can't actually help them you know if they're too far down the line you know it wouldn't be coaching would it so it would really 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 depend um but you know having that first conversation with them and doing some activities with them and just seeing you know what emotions are coming up how they're answering me and things like that and then I would you know develop a plan for them moving forward but you know what it's like coaching is so authentic and in the moment isn't it so it would be are we just reacting to what they say it is it's so bespoke it is exactly exactly so you know and sometimes you know I have worked with teens and they've had um you know low self-image and then at the end you know after like say 12 sessions, um, they feel differently about themselves. And that's amazing to see. Um, but yeah, it does depend. It does depend on the teen. You know, you know wow. it's so, so rewarding though, you know, when you see those people that, that do regain that self-confidence and self-worth. Yeah, especially when you start talking about saboteurs. I think that is a game changer. When they realize about the saboteurs, mm -hmm. And even adults as well, and even what well, me, probably you too. When you start realizing that, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, saboteurs, saboteurs. Well, I guess the 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 thoughts in your head when you step outside your comfort zone and they want to keep you where you are. So thoughts like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm going to look stupid. Yeah. I mean, we all have them, don't we? We all have so many. Well, I have so many. We all have so many. Um, they're, all the, they're, they're the hijackers, basically. Hijackers, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Sabotage. Funny, because I was trying to think of another word for saboteurs today, actually, and I couldn't think of one, so it's funny that you said that. But hijackers, yeah, that's a good one. They're trying to hijack it. Or another one you could say is, um, well, in therapy, they call it protectors. Oh, do they? Protectors. In IFS therapy. In oh internal family systems yeah um, oh. and richard swartz i've i have a book on it but i haven't fully read it but my yeah. own therapist has taught me about that and it's called the protectors where um they let's okay so let's say we'll take that scenario where you're trying to do something different let's say you're setting up your own business and then you believe i can't do this or i'm not good enough it's actually a protector from your past that's stopping you moving oh. forward, yeah. Wow. So that's where really like coaching and therapy can complement one another if people have the finances, which I completely, I completely acknowledge some people aren't in that position, but they do complement one another, you know? Yes, oh, definitely, definitely. And it's so funny how we have different names for different things. Like 
the saboteurs, the hijackers, they're really, the, they are the, the inner critic as well. You could call yeah. it the inner critic as well, you know, where you're really like, the inner critic is really battering you down and making you believe those thoughts, you know, and it's all, it's all fear, false evidence appearing real. There's no evidence that. to say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, but it's so much easier than I know. And the thing is, the thing is, you, you have to remember, you have to remind yourself of this, don't you, all the time? Yeah. Like, well, I do. So yeah, I just keep, yeah, keep reminding. It's, yeah, it's not like, oh, you, you learn everything and then it's done and then you're finished. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. And I wish it was, but it's not. No, it's, you, it's a full time job. Your mind, your mind is a yeah. full time job. Yeah, working on the mind. Wow. Yeah. But you know what? I think when you are aware and you recognize that that everyone everyone has the saboteurs or the inner critics or the protector parts that we call them. Um, but people just deal with them differently. But everyone has those thoughts. Everyone has those people, the thoughts where they're not good enough or they don't feel pretty enough or thin enough or, um, <laughs> enough or you know, like, um, or uh, love lovable you know that's a huge one yeah, I feel lovable yeah oh, definitely definitely deserving deserving yeah you know it yeah it is, it is. Upon layers upon layers as well because you <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a long it's a journey isn't it it's a life journey that's it exactly mm-hmm. it's it's a life journey exactly yeah you put it really well there so um jasmine are you ready to go into our quick fire round? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I love chatting here. Is there anything you want to share with what's coming up though for you in the next couple of months? You're launching your course. Yeah, I'm launching my course. Um, obviously I've still got the podcast that I interview 18 to 24 year olds who share challenging teen experiences. So Tell there's- What's the name of your podcast? Foghorn. <laughs> the Foghorn podcast. Unreal. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that. Um, what else is there? Your I think that's it. Really. Oh my! Oh my Instagram. Oh, you mean the handle? Yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, with Nava. Um, yeah, I post quite a lot in there with Nava. Um, my website with Nava.com. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's lots of projects coming up. But let's see, because I, yeah. I'm quite superstitious, and I always think if you talk speak too soon until it's signed sealed and delivered you know you'd never know maybe that's a saboteur that's probably a saboteur yeah yeah that could be (laughs) best of luck with that and it's it's all happening for you now like look how far you've come jasmine seriously it's incredible to see no thank you so much Ailish. well you too you too oh Oh, stop baby steps baby steps Okay, quick fire round. Jasmine, what is the first thing you notice about a person? The first thing I notice about a person, I think, is how often, but then when you say first thing, the first thing that came to mind was how often they smile. Okay. Hmm. Habits that improve your life. Yeah, well, my checklist, the checklist that I've got now. So it's all written there. So every day, I literally tick it off or fill it out. Yeah, so my checklist, daily checklist. 
of like a personal self-care yeah okay what's on your bucket list my bucket list um this is gonna sound well uh, go to asia i have not been to asia i need to go to asia you need to go to asia i need to go to asia yeah i've been wanting to do that ever since i got to dubai so go to asia um I would like to get married. <laughs> Can that be on your bucket list? <laughs> Definitely. Um, I don't know why. I don't know where that came from, by the way, because I, when I was looking at the questions, I didn't even think of that. But um, no, I love that you said that because it's so, it's it's such a an empowering um, moment to say that. You know, <laughs> I can't believe I said it. Yeah, um, and just my bucket list. I think have fun, more fun there's not enough fun I want more fun definitely I love that oh and I'm writing a book I am writing a book actually so but that's not really on my bucket list because I'm already doing it aren't I yeah well you could say release your book oh yeah release my book yeah well, but that doesn't excite me as much as having fun <laughs> and what's your book going to be about <laughs> um it's probably going to sound really like it's basically about my traveling experiences um, and there'll be like tools and techniques at the end of each country. Wow, that'll be amazing. Yeah, let's see. And actually writing it has been very therapeutic. That's what I've been doing. It's been, it's amazing when you write, you're like, oh, I thought something else was more important than that, but yeah, what do you know? Yeah, it's cool. Oh my God, I'm so excited for that book. You'll have to let me know <laughs> as well. I will. Yeah. Okay, Jasmine, what are you most grateful for in life? Definitely health and family. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Health is yeah, number one. Um, a piece of content that you've consumed that has influenced a positive change in your life. I know, I was looking at this and... Um, I couldn't think of anything but now I would say um doing the coactive course sounds like I'm selling that but yeah doing that I think that's had a positive change yeah I can say this now out of all the people that I met on CTI you had the biggest transformation I've seen <gasps> no way don't say that really yeah well I wouldn't say well yeah I do I actually do yeah yeah, I really do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't say that without really meaning it. You like, cause obviously we did five weekends. So like there were like five groups of people we met. I think, did we do more than one together? More than one course together? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we did the last mm -hmm. fundamentals I did in England, but all of the others we did together. Did, we, did, them. did we? Yeah, we did all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we did all of them together. Yeah. So then... <laughs> but wasn't there different wasn't there kind of different people coming in and out of our courses each time yeah that, yeah, yes. that was, yeah yeah but we did from may we finished we did all of the ones that we could didn't we because i think it was closed in the summer but yeah. um but yeah 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 we did yeah all of them together yeah no i would definitely say of all the people that we met all without a shadow of a doubt with that you are totally transformed yeah definitely Wow, I mean, that's like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Sorry. No, 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 that's a blessing. No. Really? Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Because I, I, yeah, like I said, I still feel like I'm at the beginning. Oh, no. 
it would be good if like, they could film us during that course to, to actually see, because sometimes you really have to, I mean, I can feel things are different, but yeah. to see it, imagine us seeing it. Because I think you had transformations as well during the course. Yeah, yeah. Realizations and insights and, yeah. you know, I think, I think, mm. see, I think everybody did, I don't know. Um, okay, and finally, your last quick fire on question, Jasmine Navarro. What is your favorite song? Physical. I'm thinking physical. That was the last song. Oh, but last, you last song. That. I, yeah. It's a I great like that. song. Yeah, I love that song. I love that song. Oh, yeah. uh, but there's so many more. There's so many more that, um, yeah, I feel it's hard to say one. But yeah, physical. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, listen, Jasmine Navarro, my good friend, Jasmine. It is. <laughs> Amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing all of your valuable uh, learnings from your travels and just for being you. Thank you so much for coming on. I love it. No, thank you so much, Ailish, and thank you for being so supportive. Honestly, you're it's it means a lot. Yeah. Oh, likewise. Honestly, we're in it together, girl. You've been such a great support for me as well. Thank you. No, thanks, Ailish. Okay, bye. Bye.